The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number. Call in, join us in on the show. We are live today, live in studio. It's Friday. Demi Lachey, I'm riding solo in here today thus far. Shall I be having Mr. Kwame Lasseter calling in here pretty soon? Maybe Dougie B, maybe Kurt Feldkeller. Who knows? It's Friday. You know how the show goes. The show moves very fast. We jump from subject to subject, in and out, on sports topics. It is Friday, so you know it's constantly um, considered Football Friday, which we will talk heavy on the NFL, on some NCAA football as well. Um, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty to their playoff committee, uh, making some huge decisions coming up this weekend um, and moving on forward into the regular season and the bowl games, you know, it's starting to stack up. So it's time to, it's, it's starting to get pretty serious in NCAA football as well, as well as the NFL. NFL, we're halfway through the season. Uh, got some big divisional games, good playoff picture games, Um that's coming up. Also, a huge Sunday night football game coming out here in the Valley. So, uh, the Red Sea is what they call it out here. The Arizona Cardinals fan base has been talking about it all week as they host the Cincinnati Bengals. It's been live and it's been rocking. Also, the college football playoffs. Um, little do we know, we got to definitely uh, get our get our uh, booth set up down there in uh, Glendale because the college football playoff is coming out here. Uh, we'll be hosted um, out here in Glendale, Arizona, with the Cardinals um, University of Phoenix Stadium. So definitely got to get ready for that. So a bunch of football to be talked about. Um, also, you know, what's going on up there in Seattle, why in the world. Offensive coordinator Darren Rovell is calling out his um, all-pro quarterback and Russell Wilson, you know, being discussed about even though they're sitting at a 4-5 and five record. Darren Rovell, offensive coordinator. It, it's, it's a bad move. Once your coach, no matter if it's assistant coach, head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator, when he starts to call out a player to the public, it's it's the beginning of the end. And that's what I like to call it. We'll discuss that as well. But we're going to start off, you know, it's a ton of football we're going to discuss uh, moving on later on this show. But this first segment, you know, i got to take the time out. I, I, I almost had to take take my cap off. Actually, I may have to stand up on this one. But... Last night performance. Um, if you tuned into the NBA last night, yeah, there were there was three games being played last night: Miami, Sacramento, and Cleveland and Milwaukee. Cleveland and Milwaukee. That was a that was a fun game to watch. Watching LeBron James do his thing, and you know coming out on top against the Milwaukee Bucks. You know that game being live played on TNT. Uh, I love watching Giannis um, Antetokounmpo. That young man, I know I did not pronounce his name correctly, but that, that young man, he, he he's a baller. He's a future uh, 
he's a future all-star in the making of his way. He's coming in his way. I know he jumped in the league at a very young age, coming out from overseas. At, I believe he was like 18, 17, 18. Uh, he, he's making his way. I mean, long figure body. I mean, he did a move yesterday, spin move, jumped off two feet and put it home over LeBron James last night. I mean, this kid can ball. Jabari Parker as well. He's he's still coming along, still trying to get back his, from his injury. Who I'm, you know, who I'm waiting to see, and I hope he doesn't disappear. Is Michael Carter Williams? You know, he won the Rookie of the Year. Now he's with the Milwaukee Bucks as well, but he's starting to disappear a little bit. But you know, this this team did flirt around, get into the playoffs last season, and you know they they went up against a talented Cleveland Cavaliers squad. You know, even they still without Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love came to play last night. I think he was. I believe he was huge. He had a huge contribution uh, along with J.R. Smith and, of course, LeBron James. Uh, you know, you get a dominant performance with Tristan Thompson and double-double off the bench with 12 and 11. I was very happy to see uh, Anderson Verzal come come with, bring his offensive game. Uh, he did not rebound too well as much as he's known for as a great rebounder, but he had some pretty significant moments in that game last night, especially in that fourth-quarter performance. But the game I want to get to. Let's just scratch, you know, everything I just talked about. You know, you know the Cavs is the team that's coming along, was the team that competed against, you know, in the championship last season. But the game I want to get to is the Golden State Warriors and the L.A. Clippers. I don't know where to begin. Well, I, I, I'm going to start off, you know, I was, I was pretty hyped. We, you know, we talked about it yesterday on the show. Uh, me and Kwame and Dougie B was discussing, you know, this matchup. And how exciting it is and how it's probably in my eyes and still, you know, the biggest rivalry in the NBA today. And I, we may have to move that title. We, you probably have to take that title away because this rivalry has pretty much became one-sided. It, it's not necessarily, you know, one team wins, the other team gets, you know, gets a victory here or there. It's, it's become pretty dominant in the Golden State Warriors are are doing this with a lot of lot of fun, a lot of poise. It's like they're almost making a com a comedy out of the uh, L.A. Clippers. The last two games that the Golden State Warriors played against the Clippers, the Clippers have came out and just dominated the ball game. Chris Paul did return last night, had thirty five points, eight assists, three steals. He came out hot in the first quarter. And once again, I jumped on the Clipper bandwagon early. I was like, oh, boy, here they go. They're finally going to get it together. The Warriors, you know, they're going to take, a, they're going to take their first loss of the season, and things going to snap back to reality. They're, they're going to get out of this dream world. And I was and, – and, and I lied to myself, you know. I was, I was very shocked of the outcome. But I'm still – I'm, I'm going to get to that later. The performance by Chris Paul in that first quarter was amazing. You know, seeing this guy get back, seeing him get Steph Curry into foul trouble early, that really shocked me. That really surprised me because the the way that the Warriors have been playing, they've been kind of riding Curry, you know, a little, a little heavy, especially in the beginning of the game, especially at uh, when the first, you know, quarter jump off. You've been seeing Curry light up the scoreboard in the first quarter. This game was different last night. He got foul trouble. He had two quick fouls quick, and I thought the the Warriors were in trouble, and they were in trouble at that time. And they they looked as if they, you know, didn't know where the offensive punch was going from. They didn't know where that 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 boost of energy, you know, who was going to bring it. And they they looked pretty lost in the first quarter, down by twenty. Uh, they were up by twenty three points, uh, with the Clippers going up by twenty three in that first quarter. 
And I was a bit nervous for the Warriors. I was like, man, can they find a way? And I was talking to some of my friends. You know, we were all watching the game. And I'm just like, man, where where do the Warriors find that, you know, that energy? Where do they find that boost? You know, who's going to bring it for them? And they, they look completely lost. And the Clippers just look so dominant. And then they got lackadaisical, of course. When you play against the Warriors, when you're up by 23 points, you you have to keep pressing. That's nothing to the Warriors, by the way, if you haven't been watching this team play for the past six seasons. Being up by 20-plus points is like being up by 10, you know. That's the way you have to take it against the Clippers. You, you, you're you not going to, you know, it's not like being up 20 against, you know, the 76ers or it's not like being up 20, heck, even against, uh, like, the Knicks or let me think of a playoff team like the Pelicans or something. You have to really destroy this team. You have to be up by, like, 30 to start hitting cruise control if you want to go there. And I don't, I don't even think 30 is pretty pretty safe especially the way the outcome was last night. Then when Steph Curry enters the game, pretty much second quarter, you know, they make a little run. He, 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 You could tell by just his presence back on the court, the Warriors felt safe again. Guys started knock, knocking down shots. Harrison Barnes, he played phenomenal last night, not only on the offensive end, but defensively. Uh, he was getting after it. He, he had matchups, you know, one-on-one with Blake, one-on-one with Chris Paul uh, throughout the game, one-on-one with Jamal Crawford. I mean, Harrison Barnes is just bounce around everywhere. And of course, you get a really good outcome when you get Draymond Green, you know, battling with Blake Griffin. I p- try to pay attention to that matchup. And Blake Griffin, once again, dominated that performance in the beginning. Then the fourth quarter came. And, you know, at this point, it was it was around like 11, some at night. You know, it was, yeah, it was around like 11 at night out here. And I'm just thinking like, man, where... What what is going on with the Clippers? Where who who's going to step up? Who is finally finally going to step up in this rivalry to finally put this team to rest? Jamal Crawford hit some big shots, even though he he's going to take about twenty shots a game. He, he he plays his own game, and I thought, well, they did pick up Paul Pierce, you know, in the off season. Here's the closer. Here's the go to guy. This is the guy you want to get the ball to, and he's going to you know make sure he. He can help out Chris Paul with J.J. Redick being out. This is a guy who can step up and play. Paul Pierce was was nowhere to be found. So I'm I'm just thinking, like, man, all right, who who you get a ball to? Okay, we'll throw it into Blake Griffin. That's how they dominate the game in the beginning of the performance. He disappeared as well. Nothing new. Nothing new that the Warriors have never seen before. Steph Curry puts on a another f- phenomenal performance in a 40-point you know, outcome, 11 boards, hitting the boards heavy. But, you know, the, the part that stood out to me is that this guy, Steph Curry, he, if he did not get himself into foul trouble early, he, he probably would have had a 50- to 60-point game last night. I say this because his 40 points, they were like a quiet 40. Like, he, he didn't do it all at one time. I mean, he had a phenomenal fourth quarter, dropping, you know, 13 points in that fourth quarter. They did go on a 22-5 to run to end the ball game. But it was like, it was like a quiet 40. You know, you saw the guy, Draymond Green, hit some phenomenal shots, especially the buzzer beater at the end to pull them to within six at the end of that third quarter. And you just saw that light change. You saw the eyes get a little brighter. Uh, the Clippers' faces started to, you know, they started to do that that nervous look around is what, is what they're known for. They're looking for and, – and the first time, like this last night was the first time ever I started to notice – you know, the Clippers, you know, the, the coaching staff. I'm looking. I'm like, man, they got Mike Woodson over there. They got Doc Rivers. They have Lawrence Frank. 
and they also had Sam Cassell. I was like, wow, look at Sam Cassell sneaking in the job there as assistant head, as assistant coach. And I'm just like, where's the downfall? You have Lance Stevenson. You pick him up. Pick up a guy, Wesley Johnson, to take place of like a the Danny Granger era in which they ran away from. You got a guy like Josh Smith coming, you know, off your bench. And I'm just like shocked. Like, how do you not find a way to win this game? You got some veterans on your bench, guys who've been around the league who know how to win. You have DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, Jamal Carp. You have your core group who's been to, there to battle. Where is the misses? Where, where's the mishap? Then I look in the paint. DeAndre Jordan goes two for four, five for six from the free, five for eight, excuse me, from the free throw line, which was phenomenal. Only had ten rebounds. The biggest stat of them all, DeAndre Jordan had zero blocks. Where was the presence in the paint? DeAndre Jordan has to find an offensive game. He has to find it quick. You you have some phenomenal coaches, you know, to your helm. You have to find that niche. Somebody, you know, instead of being, you know, trying to be super dunk man of the year and catching all the alley oops, you got to do more than that for this team to win. Especially against the Clip, especially against the Warriors, who they take out. Andrew Bogat, but the guy only puts up about 15 to 20 minutes in this matchup year after year. You're going against Draymond Green. You got Draymond guarding you at the five position. Find a way to get some offensive presence. I'm so disappointed in the Clippers last night. At, yeah, I'm going to give kudos to the Warriors and, you know, being 13-0. and 0, But, my goodness, I believe the Clippers gave that game away last night. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll, we'll get more into it in the second segment. We'll finish up on that Clippers-Warriors matchup. Well, it was one hell of a game last night. Also, NFL is football Friday. NFL, NCAA football matches, matchups all weekend. So you listen to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demi Lachey, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's Prime Big Game Intel this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel, and will feature national big game reports, how to properly process your game, field-to-table prep, and lots more. The morning in will be Remy Ward of Apex Predator and Decap Yuano Swarovski Optic Quest. Plus Julie McQueen and Daniel Lee Martin of Brotherhood Outdoors and our Southwest Colorado Elk correspondent, Mark Frame. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on The Voice America Sports Channel. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, welcome back in to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show. Jimmy Lachey is here in studio riding this thing solo dolo. 
Kwame Lasser, he shall be calling in. He said he's going to call in the second or third segment, but we'll see. Who knows? Uh, first segment, you know, we jumped. I jumped off discussing, you know, the Clippers-Warriors matchup, this rivalry, and I want to get back, you know, discussing about the rivalry a little bit. And, you know, I think it's, I, th- I think it's great for basketball to have, you know, an NBA rivalry because, you know, you go back to the legendary rivalry, of course, the Lakers-Celtics matchup. Um, I think still to this day, both of those games still sell out to each arena, no matter who's on the court, Isaiah Thomas versus Nick Young. I don't care. But just because those two organizations are, you know, historically known and um, fan, the, the true fans will show up to that game. You know, if you love basketball, the, the fans will show up. Detroit and, like, the Indiana um I think yesterday was the the mark of, of what eleven years ago between the melee, the, the malice, and the palace, when Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson got in the stands and was fighting the fans and that whole melee. You know, the, the Pistons and Indiana Pacers they always have a, a still steady rivalry still going on to this day since that moment. Actually, before that moment, uh, then you know it, it's some some pretty great matchups, some um, pretty great. Rivalries, you know, that's starting to develop even more. I think the next one, you know, the Clippers and Warriors. I think this one will still go on until these to these two core group teams, you know, break apart, get away from one another. And last night, you know, Blake Griffin even touched up on, you know, he he felt as if this is not even even a rivalry anymore because it's so lopsided. It's like the same. It's like watching the same episode. You know, like an old cartoon, like uh, watching like the Jetsons or watching, you know, Scooby-Doo. You watch that same episode, you know what's going to happen. You know, you know, Scooby and the gang is going to find a way, you know, to to, to find, you know, the bad guy. They, they're going to find a way to, to, to win at the end of the day. And that's pretty much how the Warriors is in, against this Clippers matchup. Steph Curry and the boys... They're going to find a way against the Clippers. It's 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 becoming pretty comical, you know. Just like watching Scooby Doo, it, it's it's a comedy. You know, it's, it's a funny cartoon because you know in the end they're going to find a way. No matter how much you know, different stories, different ways you try to set them up, the Warriors are going to find a way, especially in this Clippers matchup. It, it's funny because you know I was thinking, talking about last game, uh, last time these two teams met. Clippers came out hot. You you know they want to beat the Warriors so bad. Like it's they they did not play. They, I believe they only played like what nine guys. No, they only played eight guys last night for the Clippers. Josh Smith, Wesley Johnson, Austin Rivers were the three guys that came off the bench and played. They didn't even play Lance Stevenson, uh, Prigioni, JJ Reddick. Of course, was out. Uh, Luke Richard Amabuta. You know he's. A steady veteran. I mean, he probably got in a couple seconds, I believe, but they play eight guys. You could tell the war the, the Clippers wanted to win this game so bad. But the Warriors kept it steady. They kept doing what they're doing. Instead of playing, you know, eight guys like the Clippers did, the Warriors ended up playing with, you know, who played more than one minute of the game. They had about a, a, eleven guys deep. Only person that did not play that was dressed was Barbosa, and he had a virus. I mean, my goodness! Like, it, it was literally like the Clippers really wanted to. They really want to beat this team so freaking bad, but it's not going to happen. 
I love the, the the talking trash at the beginning of the season when Doc Rivers got involved with it. You know, talking about oh they didn't play us, even though we went three and one against this team last season. You know, in the playoffs they didn't even get to play us, so they had an easy route. And the Warriors was like, dude, we just beat the teams that's in front of us. We, we we're going to beat the team, and I think Steph Curry in the game they take this game a little personal too, which is fun because of how so much trash talking the, the Clippers have done in the past couple of seasons. They take this game to the heart because they're like, no matter what, who's stepping up in front of us, we're going to win, and we're definitely not going to allow you all to beat us ever again. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. What a game last night. What a, what a performance. Once again, Steph Curry and the Warriors are, you know, they're on their way to history. They're on their way to basically starting it. There's no team has ever started the season off uh, 16-0. 15-0 is the record to tie. And I think they'll get there. I believe they'll get there in the next, what, three games that they have left. I think they're going to be the 16-0 team. I don't know who's the first team that's going to beat them. The one matchup that I tell you, you know, Steph Curry, obviously everyone's high on his bandwagon. saying, You know, he's the MVP already of the season. The one matchup that I cannot wait to see, who's riding really under the radar, and they're winning games, and, you know, they've been a veteran team, Thus far, I know they have a bunch of tough decision making in their offseason coming up. But the one team that I think that I can't wait that I think is a nemesis for Steph Curry, I can't wait till they sit, till they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. I can't wait to see Russell Westbrook attack Steph Curry the whole game. And I'm not just talking about like a Chris Paul attack. You know, you bring out Chris Paul with these wobbly legs. You know, he's old. You know, Father Tom started to catch up with him. You know, he has a good performance in the first quarter, but, you know, he hadn't played in about two weeks, and, you know, he gets fatigued in the, by the fourth quarter. He has to rely on a, a, a Blake Griffin. No, I'm talking about a Russell Westbrook who brings it all 40 minutes, full speed, up and down the court, who's going to harass you on the defensive end. And he's, quietly, he's already had a couple triple-doubles already this season. He's already put up 40-plus points, you know, in several games already. This guy, Russell Wilson, if if Steph Curry's number one in the play in uh, MVP race, then Russell Westbrook for the Oklahoma City Thunder is, is definitely sitting number two. And he and he can't wait. He can't. I, and I hope, you know, the Warriors keep winning. I hope they keep playing the way they do. I hope they have all the buzz in the world when they go against this Thunder team, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Russell Westbrook is taking note. He is watching every game. He hasn't came out to the media, said anything yet. He's happy, you know, Kevin Durant is in his corner because, you know, KD is not going to fall back from the challenge. He, Kevin Durant, he, he loves the challenge. He loves to go against the best teams because he and he performs so well. Not only that, his running mate and Russell Westbrook. Oh, I can't wait. to. I think that's the best matchup of the season. You know, I, I thought the Clippers were going to be it, you know, Clippers Warriors, but I cannot wait to see what this Thunder and this Warriors matchup is going to look like. It's it's going to be mono e mono. I, I I can't wait for these two cats to go at it cuz Russell Westbrook is licking at the chops, I'm telling you. For him not to say anything. I'm not jumping off. I'm not trying to stab the Warriors, you know. I'm I'm happy that they're winning cuz they came so far. You know, I Literally, like, five, four years ago, everybody was saying, oh, they can't get past those bigger teams. They were sneaking in the playoffs. I was love, I, I, I love watching them play under Mark Jackson. 
and I'm, I'm still rooting for them. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I it, this, this guy, I guarantee you, he is licking at the chops and cannot wait for that matchup. I can't wait for it. I don't, I don't have a schedule pulled up in front of me um, for the Warriors and when they go against, you know, the Thunder. But tune in to that game because I, I, I'm looking at, you know, who can who can compete with this guy for, you know, for a whole game? Who can step up and, you know, run with this guy, Steph Curry? Who can, you know, just as much as he pushing out on the offensive end, who can pressure him on the defensive end? You know, it, uh, Chris Paul came out, you know, got that guy early, foul trouble early. And, you know, and then you saw Chris Paul, you know, they get lackadaisical. I'm not sold on the Clippers still, still to this day. I'm not sold on them. I don't care who else, what other free agents they bring in. I'm still not sold. But when that matchup comes against OKC, I'm telling you, look out for that one. Look out for that one. Now the Warriors do host the Chicago Bulls in which, you know, the Bulls are looking really, really good this season thus far. Um, I don't know if Derrick Rose will be playing or not. He probably won't play. But I would love to see that matchup tonight. You know, they they do play on ESPN Chicago and the Warriors, you know, going back home to Oracle. And then they have, you know, the Denver Nuggets on Sunday, and then the Lakers on Tuesday, which could be that 16-0 game. And then they come out here to Phoenix on Black Friday, November 27th, that Friday. I, I, I got to go. I got to go see this this team play. I, I got to go see the MVP. I mean, those tickets are out the roof right now, but I, I have to go watch this kid play. This guy, Steph Curry, he's amazing. You know, they're talking about him as a Jordan-esque. I don't see it being like, you know, he's next. This guy's on a, a whole nother level. We have not. I was discussing this with my friends yesterday, watching the game. I have not seen a guy, a player in the NBA, dominate the play on the offensive end. Yeah, it's a whole new game. You know, you can't rough up the players just as much. Guys are trying to keep their money in their pockets, not trying to pay the fines, not trying to pay the five at all. But I've never seen a gentleman on the court dominate on the offensive end the way. Steph Curry has since Michael Jordan. And, you know, the, the NBA, the basketball, the game of basketball is an offensive-driven league. You could do so much on the defensive end like a Kawhi Leonard and still have a quiet 20, you know, 20 to 25 points a game, kind of like a Paul George or Jimmy Butler. You know, you see these guys get very competitive on the defensive end and still have a, you know, pretty good performance on the offensive end. Steph Curry is at a whole nother level. Like, he's he's dominating on the defensive end. He's He's – he plays fairly good, well defense against some tough point guards in the West, and then he still comes out on the offensive end, and he can't be stopped. No, he's not jumping over people, you know, like Jordan sliding, gliding through the lane. No, he he's done. He's doing it with the control of the basketball, putting the ball behind his, you know, doing what he does best, and throwing up floaters. He just has that offensive touch, you know, that we had never seen before. You know, Jordan, he had to work for him. You know, it was a whole different ball game back then. Jordan was getting punched around and still going through the lanes, had to build the body up, had the Jordan rules on his back. What are these new Curry rules are going to come up? Who's going to come up or discover these Curry rules? Everyone's saying, oh, put pressure on him. You got to get up in his face. You know, TNT did a great job breaking that down. But literally, when it came time for this guy to come back in the fourth quarter, where were the, what happened to the Curry? What happened to getting up in his face? Those guys was backing off. 
I mean, they was they were switching. They had Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan on him at several times. My goodness, when are the Curry rules are going to come up? We don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, not only that. I mean, his team played phenomenal. But when it was Curry time to shine, just give me the ball in the fourth quarter. Let me get as much touches as I can. He's going to make it happen. And you know, it's Jordan S. Like because you know Michael. On the offensive end, he, he was just pretty dominant. He he was so what's the word clutch. Obviously, you know the most well known clutch, clutch player in NBA history. And you see that same deal with Curry. Curry, he may not you know have you know like I said, driving through the lanes, trying to dunk on people from here and there. But he's a clutch performer in what he does offensively. He's clutch with the ball. He doesn't turn over the basketball as much. Uh, he he does not. You know, he does not shy away like a LeBron James did early in his career. Everybody was waiting for LeBron to be that guy on the offensive end when it's time to be clutch. Now, I'm not talking last five minutes, you know, last five-second shot. I'm talking like the last fourth quarter of the game, last two quarters. We get the ball to you. Are you going to make something happen? You know, LeBron did, you know, he was flirting with it. He he, he still does it to this day. He, he has his ways, and then he disappears at times or can't hit that clutch shot. This guy, Curry, does it. And, you know, one of my friends is stating, you know, Curry's going to have that one game, you know, that he does not hit these big-time shots. I don't see it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. This guy has a touch, and he feels it in a whole other way that I've never seen before. I don't think it's going to happen. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We got football to discuss. I got to jump off the Curry bandwagon. We got a ton of NFL coming up, NCAA football. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demi Lachey. Don't change the dial. We'll be right back. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Yo, MD. Yeah, what's up, man? 
that girl they call Roxanne. She's all stuck up. Why do you say that? Cause you wouldn't give a guy like me no rap. But she was walking down the street, so I said, hello, I'm Gango from your T.A.O. And she's so, I said, so, baby, don't you know I can sing rap dancing just one show? Cause I'm Gango, Mr. Sophisticator. As far as I know, ain't nobody created from beginning to end and to We back live. Cam Newton. Carolina Panthers. You know, Cam, we, we talked about it earlier this week about his performance and how he's MVP worthy and how he should mature, take his uh, characteristics on the field, his touchdown celebrations, how, how they should take it off the field. How, he should not do it at all. And, you know, I remember Kurt was talking about it, was it Monday or Tuesday? Kurt and Kwame were discussing, you know, how they weren't happy with the way Cam Newton been celebrating after his touchdowns. How he been, you know, hitting the dab, been doing the dabbing, been doing the flex and the dancing and, and everything else above. And, you know, they, they made some some great comments about it. And they hit home like, you know, you don't see a guy like Aaron Rodgers doing that. You don't see, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, the, the Tom Brady's, the Romo's. You know, because these guys have the huge endorsements and Cam Newton, you know, these these quarterbacks are starting to, you know, get out the NFL. You know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning's, they're not going to be around too much longer. So Cam Newton has that chance to become, you know, that QB, that face of the NFL. And they were discussing, you know, with his antics, or we were all discussing, you know, his antics on the field and how the way he does these things and how immature it is, in which I agree. You know, I, I agree, you know, Kurt did make some, some valid points that day. But then, you know, over the day, I, I was just thinking about it. You know, a guy who literally cheers for, you know, Dan Campbell and Miami Dolphins and Kurt Felkeller, and I was just thinking, like, why? What What's wrong with the way Cam Newton is doing it? Yeah, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he's not Romo. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's not any of these guys. He's not Russell Wilson. This guy has a different background the way he came up. And, you know, they're talking about his influence on children and kids. And, you know, like I and, and I stated, you know, that day, I was like, well, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with him hitting the dab. I'm okay with him dancing and flexing. Because when guys like the, the gentleman who got upset on the Tennessee Titans and all these fans, the Titans fans talking about they're not happy with the way Cam Newton celebrated why, if you don't like him celebrating, keep him out the end zone. Do your job. Stop this man. You know, if you don't like the way he celebrated, then tell your defenders to stop celebrating a couple of plays or a couple of quarters earlier when the gentleman who got Cam News face was just celebrating all over Cam when he got a sack. You know, then that's the part, you know, a lot of people don't talk about. Cam Newton, he... He's going to do it his way. He's going to find his way and make his statement, you know, make his stand the way he should. He's a different breed. It's a different breed of, you know, NFL, you know, it's a younger generation. And, you know, I I can look at it the other way as well. You know, you got to be like, you know, you know, the pay manager. You got to have, you know, some class, you know, I guess to your celebrations. Tom Brady, he he spikes the ball like like it's an earthquake, you know, in his hand. Throws the ball down really hard, gets in people's faces, jumps around, you know, screaming and stuff. Tom Brady gets down too. He he he, he may not have the dance moves. He's probably not dabbing. Who cares? He, he's probably not a dancer. That's just not what he does. Cam Newton does. Cam Newton been doing this since his junior college days. This is the way he's 
play football at the quarterback position. He's been playing. He's been doing the same deal since since going to Florida, since going to you know his junior college. Down there, Blinn. You know, going back to the SEC at Auburn, he's been doing this. This is the reason why we thrive with Cam Newton because he doesn't shy away from the moment. He's saying, you know what, I'm here, and I'm glad I'm here. And he he does it when they were losing, when they're not nine and zero, when they're still like a seven and two, when they're still flirting around maybe at like a six and three or a you know he, he was still doing it last season when he was making the playoffs when they beat Arizona Cardinals in the first round. This is just what Cam Newton does, and. You know, and I talked about, you know, earlier this week how, you know, Odell Beckham, how it's okay for him to do it. And they're like, well, it's a whole nother position. He's not the quarterback. You know, you talk about setting a goal and an image for the younger kids. And I think Cam Newton is kind of saying it's okay to be, you know, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay. If you're not, if you're a dancer, then dance. If you, if you're a singer, then sing. If, you know, you see the Patriots, the way they celebrate, and, you know, they do some little antics too. Gronkowski, he he, he throws the ball, does his little shuffle sometimes. Guys dance on their first downs, and, you know, Cam Newton is doing it. You know, he's saying, you know, he's not Peyton Manning. I'm not Tony Romo. I'm Cam Newton. So, you know, Kurt did make some valid points. You know, he's not Aaron Rodgers and, you know, doing that whole deal. He's But – why does he have to be? You know, why can't he come into his own and set his own mark? Why does he have to Im- imitate what everyone else is doing? He set an example for the kids because he's showing to them, saying to them, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to come from, you know, a background like mine and celebrate, you know, these moments. You got hundreds and thousands of kids, younger adults, who fighting their way, who wishing to get in this moment. And Cam Newton is living the moment. I, you know, I don't have a problem with the answer. You know, so many people are discussing about it. I don't have a problem with it. He's winning. If you don't want him to dance and stuff, he won't. If you stop him, you saw the face he made in Seattle when he threw that pick six to Cam Chancellor in the playoffs last season. He he wasn't dabbing. He wasn't doing none of the deal. So if you stop the man, you don't have to worry about it. Let Let Cam be Cam. Let him do what he does. So what? He doesn't have the big marketing, you know, commercials. It's because freaking Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are still around and Aaron Rodgers. It's because Russell Wilson is doing, you know, he's a company guy. He's a company football player. So, of course, you know, he, he's not, is Russell Wilson a dancer? I haven't seen no videos came out of him dancing or trying to do a dance move besides the whip and the nay-nay, which the whole country does it. But, heck, the world. And... If, if Cam Newton, you know, he, he's showing his image saying it's okay, it's, it's, it's acceptable. Because when I do these dances, that's what's going to be shown as well, that this is a fun league still. And I don't have a problem with it. And he's winning. You know, you look at a team like Seattle right now sitting at 4-5, and five, he doesn't have, Cam Newton doesn't have his offensive coordinator, you know, trashing him on the local sports talk radio show, whatever, you know, they have up in Seattle, dissing the, the starting quarterback. Publicly, yeah, you have your meetings, you know, guys can take criticism. I guarantee Russell Wilson is probably top five people in the NFL who could probably take the most criticism ever. Now, to dis- the, to display it in the public, I don't know. That's a different, that's a side we've never seen out of Seattle before. 
This is not the first time it's happened this season either. You know, you had Marshawn Lynch's mother discussing about this offensive coordinator and Darren Rovell about, you know, the play call that they made in that fourth fourth down or that fourth quarter against the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then, you know, she also she discussed about how you're going to have <laughs> – Marshawn Lynch, her son, in the backfield in a shotgun, just running left and right. He's a down here runner. And then you, you know, what well, we went for, we put the ball in Marshawn Lynch's hand on fourth and one against the uh, St. Louis Rams at the beginning of the season. They took that loss. I mean, come on. Darren Rovell. And then you, this is not the first public incident that, you know, obviously this offensive coordinator name has not been around thus far in this season. And then you, you throw your quarterback kind of on the uh, under the bus in a public standpoint because now he got to come out does do his job step in front of the media answer those tough questions I would not rather I would rather have Russell Wilson in front of the mic than anyone else <laughs> than the Des Bryant then you know more than half of the NFL because Russell Wilson he could take it he, he can dish you know he, he will you know take back yeah you're right I have not been performing well it's embarrassing for my coach to come out and say it it's embarrassing for Earl Thomas to call out the Legion of Boom. And right now they're looking like the Legion of Doom in the fourth quarters. It's embarrassing, you know. But sometimes that embarrassment may help. It may help push, you know, Seattle to another level. Because they're so used to doing it, you know, the Seattle way. They have to find their balance on that offense. They don't know. If they, I mean, I'm confused. I don't know if they're a running team or passing team. I'm not sure. But... I mean, to Darren Rovell, I, I don't think he should have called him out publicly, especially on a Seattle-based network in which a bunch of Seahawks fans are tuning in. Another great fan is Marshawn Lynch's mother. She's probably pointing the finger saying, see, I told you. You know, this is how that offensive coordinator rolls. So I think, and like I said before, you know, going into the show, I told you that we were going to get on this subject a little bit. And I told you at the beginning, I mentioned how, when you get an offense coordinator or a head coach calling out a specific player, especially a quarterback, it does not end well in this feature, in this feature story. It it, it, it doesn't end well. I, I can think back to uh, Gruden and RG3. You saw that saga. You know, he was calling out, you know, RG3 is not doing this. He's not, you know, making these, these reads. He's not doing it. He's just not. Same deal with Russell Wilson. Offensive coordinator came out, Darren Ravel said, He's not doing these these things. I'm like, man, Seattle is really tripping right now. They they what what happened? You know what 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 is going on right now with the Seahawks? I mean, you still have a chance to make the playoffs. You still you know can turn these things around. And if any team could do it, it's Seattle Seahawks. Especially the last three years, they will find that itch and that power and that fight to get them through. So. Maybe this might be the itch. Maybe, you know, Russell Wilson, like I said, any guy who can take it, it it's, it's Russell Wilson. And who can step back, you know, and step up from, you know, being called out in publicly. I've got my money on Russell, of course. But for it to happen, and hopefully history, you know, history does tend to repeat itself, especially when a coordinator or a coach and somebody from the coaching staff called out a certain player about what they've seen on film to the public. You don't do that. Some things got to stay in house. Something is, you know, something is boiling right now. It's either going to make them or break them. And it's that, uh, and it's that time of the season right now. 
You know, Seahawks, they're hosting a divisional, you know, team. They they got the game at home. They're hosting the 49ers. But, you know, from here on out, the schedule's going to get tough. You know, it's it's, it's do-or-die moments because you had the Steelers coming to town and which they're playing for a playoff spot. Then you, you, you go to Minnesota, in which they're sitting at 7-2, and two, number two team in the NFC. And they want to keep that spot, or I'm sorry, they said, yeah, tie number two, number three in the NFC with with Arizona Cardinals. They want to, you know, get that home field advantage, win that division. Then you're at Baltimore, home against Cleveland, home against the Rams, and then you go to Arizona. So right now is that time of the year for Seattle to kick it into gear. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. Don't change the dial. We got last segment coming up. It is Football Friday. Nothing but football, I promise you, that's going to be discussed in this last segment. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in host jd harris and ray austin are here to lead the forum from the fans former players owners execs and coaches while inside the man cave you do whatever you like we won't judge we'll even go beyond sports to talk technology current events and entertainment Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Rick Osick with Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies? That's why we support the March of Dimes in the fight against premature birth. Join us in supporting cutting-edge research, treatment programs, and outreach to help moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Learn how you can help save babies' lives at marchofdimes.org. This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Hey, welcome back in to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We in our last segment. Here at here at Voice America, follow the show Voice America Sports, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Demi Lachey is here in the studio doing this thing live. I ran solo dolo for the whole day. Kwame, you disappointed me, man. I, you know, you say one thing and then you do a whole nother. Starting to add up. Last segment coming in, Football Friday. It's some huge matchups in the NFL this weekend. Um, you know, it was a game last night. And which I, I guarantee you was probably the most unwatched Thursday night football game of the season between the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you could tell by, you know, how many people are in the stands. And it's kind of hard to watch a uh, Tennessee Titans-Jaguars game when you have a Clippers and Warriors matchup going on around the same time. 
and also LeBron James on TV, period. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to watch, you know, some football. But Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars found a way to win the game, 19-13. I didn't get a chance to uh, watch this game, unfortunately. It was a good game, though, from what I've seen and heard. You know, the great AFC South divisional matchup. But the, with the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars winning, they have definitely put themselves back into the playoff hunt. They are now sitting a half game between behind not only Houston Texans and the AFC South, but also the Indianapolis Colts. That's out of these three teams in that division, whoever comes out on top will have a home game in the playoffs. That's awesome. You you at least guarantee one home game. Jacksonville is they're not going to shy away from this moment, and it's so crazy. It's so crazy that a team four and six, and then you have. Houston Texans at four and five, Indianapolis four and five. They have a chance to make the playoffs. You got Andrew Luck out, you know, Hasselback. Who knows what, you know, that's going to look like for the Indianapolis Colts as they go travel to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, it's some huge games this weekend. It's some huge games. Uh, one matchup, obviously the Colts and the Falcons, that's going to be a huge game to watch because the Falcons are definitely on the heels in making the uh, the playoffs as well in the NFC because right now they're sitting in the sixth spot but then you have teams like Washington Tampa Bay St. Louis and Seattle Philadelphia and Chicago and New Orleans all on your back (laughs) they have a chance to sneak in there too not only that you're chasing you know the Carolina Panthers in which I think they're the only team right now that's pretty much sealed their position um them in New England pretty much sealed their position before the playoffs and I, I just don't see no turnover turmoil for them, those two teams, to find their way out. Cincinnati and uh, Arizona Cardinals, huge Sunday night football game. I can't wait for that game to kick off uh, out here, being out here playing in the Valley. You're going to see two tough teams going at one another. Um, I like this matchup because I call these two teams, they're, they're very cardiac. Cardiac Cardinals and the Cardiac Cats and the Bengals. Because you de- you never know what you're going to get between these two teams. The Bengals came out very flat the last game. Cardinals came out very strong display against the Seattle, but you saw those little laps that the Cardinals are known for. And then you saw, you know, that they came out flat, you know, in the Cleveland game. They came out flat earlier against the the Rams and, you know, their other loss this season. Like, you just never know what you're going to get from the Cardinals. And, you know, they came out so flat against the Steelers in which they had their third string in at the time. Landry Jones, you, you you just never know what you're gonna get between these two teams, which that's that'll make this matchup a fun matchup to watch. You know the Raiders are on the road against the Lions in a must-win game for them to still get around in the playoffs. Uh, the Jets and the Texans both sitting at a playoff position. Both teams, or uh, Texans are four and five, and the Jets are five and four. Both these teams, they they can go. Both these teams could end up 500 at the end of this matchup. And then, and now you're talking the Texans finding their way into the playoffs, you know, in a uh, wild card matchup. You know, Buffalo is holding down that last spot at five and four uh, for the AFC in the wild card matchup, and they host the New England Patriots <laughs> Monday Night Football. Oh, I'm sorry, they they go to New England, so they're fighting for a playoff spot, divisional, you know, matchup. Rex Ryan is, is is thriving. You know, he he's very hyped about this game because 
he pretty much came out and stated, you know, can anybody in the AFC beat the Patriots besides me? Can anyone else step up to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick besides me, besides the way I do it? The only other team in the NFL that can beat the Patriots is the New York Giants consistently. Beautiful matchups. Uh, great divisional matchup. Uh, I'm going to be tuning into this one very, very closely, and that's the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the revive of Adrian Peterson, this team 4-0 at home. Is Green Bay, you know, three-game losing streak, are they going to kick it back into gear? We don't know. It's going to be a cold game. That's why I love games in late November uh, before Thanksgiving. You know, it's going to be a cool, very cool temperature game in Minnesota playing outside. It's going to be a great matchup. The Redskins, you know, they're fighting for a spot. They they go they go into Carolina. And, which, you know, I talked about Cam Newton in the last segment. Put on a show, Cam. Keep performing. You don't want it. It's a bad time of the year to, to, to find a way to lose these ball games, you know, as a quarterback, as a leader for your team. Because the Redskins are hungry. They, they're going to want this game just as much as you do. Cowboys, Dolphins, I mean, every matchup, every game, St. Louis Rams, everybody has a playoff tension. Brock Osweiler, Osweiler getting his first career start. They're going against Chicago, in Chicago. And the Bears still has a chance to make the playoffs. Osweiler sitting at 7-2 and two with the Broncos. Can he hold it down until Peyton Manning gets his health back into order? Or can he? is it his time now to step up to the plate and take over? He has some huge shoes to fill. You know, you got the Eagles and the Buccaneers and Mark Sanchez now being stated as the starter going into the matchup against the Bucs. And both of these teams can make the fighting for playoff position as well. But going back to uh, the Broncos and the Bears matchup, that's going to be a great one to watch. You know, Keith Tlaib comes back from his one-game suspension. Um, so that defense is going to be rocking against that Jay Cutler. You know, is Jay Cutler, is he clutch? Is he really having the season that, you know, statistically he's having a, a great year, one of the best years of his career? Is he ready to step up to the plate against that Broncos defense? We will see. Can the Broncos, you know, running game step up to the plate? With Peyton Manning being out, you know, for sure passer, for sure veteran at that position, can they help out Brock Osweiler on the road in Chicago? We will see. So, you know, those are just some of the games. Those are the games to kick off. And, you know, my favorite one I think this weekend would probably be the Green Bay Packers and the Vikings. I'm going to definitely pay attention. Cardinals and Bengals, that's just a fun potential Super Bowl matchup. Uh, one team coming out the AFC, one in the NFC. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. Two um, extremely high talented defenses are going to go at one another that Sunday night matchup. So those two games, you know, I'm looking forward to. Also that Monday night, it's always fun to see Rex Ryan go against the Patriots. It's 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 a fun deal to watch. Also who's playing for, you know, got a minute before the show ends, some playoff contentions, is college football. Huge matchup, the number three Buckeyes hosting Michigan State. Uh, I think this is the second best matchup that I'm going to watch. Uh, my favorite matchup is what's going on down there in uh in the Big 12 land, in which Oklahoma, you know, they have another uh, Oklahoma State have another tough matchup as they host Baylor, and Baylor just coming off a loss. That's going to be a fun game to watch. I think Oklahoma State will pull this off at home because the freshman quarterback for Baylor. It's going to be a tough road game unless he gets a. Um, phenomenal that running game going 
And then TCU and Oklahoma, TCU, you know, they're pretty upset. Trayvon Boykin, can he bounce these troops back? It's going to be a rainy game in Norman, in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, the way Perrine <laughs> ran the ball last week for Oklahoma against uh, Baylor, he can run the ball in rain. So that Big 12 is it's some good matchups, some great matchups. Alabama, you know, Nick Saban made comments about the F- FCS, how you can't, you know, overlook those teams, and you cannot. College football has changed. You cannot look, you know, those lower divisional games down. Are they going to win by 40? No, probably not, but probably win by 30. Some tough games in SEC, also in the, in the Pac-12. Um, some great games to watch all weekend. Unfortunately, we got to get out of here, man. I'm, I ran out of time. You will catch us back here on Monday. we got the holiday coming up. Uh, catch us back here Monday. You know, we'll discuss about everything that happened over the weekend. You all have a great, safe weekend. Go get your turkey. Go get uh, your Thanksgiving shopping done. Thank you for tuning in to the Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk Show with Demry Lachey, and we'll catch you Monday. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>